Thank you for tuning in to the First Gen Hunter Podcast, the go-to resource for those seeking to establish a foundation in hunting knowledge, skills, and tactics. Good morning, First Geners. Here I am on a kind of cloudy, a little bit overcast, breezy, cold, getting colder Sunday morning, and the weather couldn't be better. Love this time of year. Love what it means as a hunter. Pheasant season just kicked off yesterday, although I'm still, I still got deer on the brain, but man, were the pheasants cackling. Saw a bunch of them flying around. Heard some gunshots in the not-so-distant distance. And, uh, yeah, it's it's hunting season in America. And uh, it's so much fun to uh, participate in that more and more and in different ways each and every year. Last night, uh, had the kids out doing the Halloween thing, and uh, we were driving over to my aunt and uncle's house. And uh, look out the window, and there's a doe. You know, kind of loitering around more than with a, with a few less, uh, I guess maybe you'd say inhibitions than normal. And uh, then you look over and you see this little buck working a scrape line on the field next to her. And uh, yesterday afternoon we were walking around the yard. Jonas looks out in the field and goes, look. I think he said, there's a dog. Uh, and it was a, <laughs> it was a small little uh, basket rack buck or something. But it was still really cool to just see how uh, deer are starting to change their mindset a little bit. You know, all this, this uh, new activity. And, um, of course, uh, if you follow me on social media, you'll know that I've had some very good news in the deer hunting part of my life. Uh, just hours after maybe not even hours maybe like an hour and a half after we wrapped up this podcast you're about to listen to here with Noel Gandy and his son Charlie and of course joined by my brother Jake and uh, what an exciting day that ended up being and uh, just cool to see how uh, everything kind of fell into place for that and uh, we'll have a uh, whole rundown of course on that exact story here in another hunt therapy episode coming up in the next few weeks but uh today we're talking all about just some good old hunting stories about deer seasons of years gone by and even talking about you know what's happened up until the point when we recorded this as far as deer hunting's been going for all of the three of us and uh, even, well, I should say the four of us, because Charlie jumps in for a little bit on this one and uh, tells us all about his success. He's already had this deer season, this 2021 deer season. And uh, then we're going to do a little bit of rundown of just hunting October. That's something that I love doing. I love hunting deer in October. Noel is a big October guy. And uh, Jake is a big, I got to hunt when I got time because... Uh, the fall is kind of a busy work time for him so he likes hunting in october too as long as he can get out so we're gonna hit the good the bad and the ugly of hunting october and we're so thrilled that you're here again to join in with us hope this is a nice little uh a nice little extra shine on your sunday afternoon or maybe uh your monday morning commute into work whenever you're listening to it we thank you for being here we love you please don't forget to head over to uh the comments and ratings section 
if you're on iTunes and uh, make sure you give us that uh, uh, five-star review if you wouldn't mind and uh, just uh, let us know what you think of the show that's a big help to us so thanks for tuning in once again to the first gen hunter podcast this is episode number 72 another hunt therapy episode here live from the Bucksnort restaurant and uh, we hope after you're done listening to this you get out and shoot a slob of your own Well, hello everyone from the beautiful, the delicious, the, uh, you know, hunter's paradise in a sense here, the Buck Snort Restaurant. And we will not disclose the location because the four of us sitting at this table right now hunt in fairly close proximity and we don't want anybody to cinch it up on us. You can probably <laughs> just Google it now and <laughs> find out in two seconds. Well, there's multiple locations. That's the thing. But, uh... Uh, we're here with good old Noel Gandy, and this is the second ever live podcast here on the First Gen, the First Gen Hunter podcast. I almost forgot the name of my own podcast for a second. <laughs> and uh, we're we're here, episode. This will probably be episode seventy two, seventy three, something like that. And uh, only two of them have been uh, live, and they've both occurred in the same uh, general part of the world. So kind of cool but it's good to be surrounded here in good company our stomachs are full um we drank a lot of pop so we may have to like run to the bathroom here really quick but <laughs> yeah, i may start burping here i haven't had pop in a while so it's yeah. <laughs> filling me up <laughs> but uh, we're joined by mr noel gandy of buck ventures and uh noel it's just good to see you man every time i've seen you it's been in this restaurant so we're up to a grand total of two meetings, aren't we? They're both uh, <laughs> that's they're right. been right here. That's Not right. a bad place to meet, though, that's for sure. That's right. There's all kinds of sheds all over the walls. You guys know how much I'm obsessed with that. And uh, I think there's uh, there's a bison head right above Noel's son, uh, uh, Charlie, right here. And uh, there's antelope around here. There's all sorts of good stuff to keep a hunter's eye. And, uh, you know, being in the spirit of sitting here at the buck snort restaurant i thought it might be kind of cool if we went around the table here and uh said different names that we know of that people use kind of slang nicknames for giant bucks and that actually goes with the theme of the menu and so i'm gonna start because i want it i want to make sure i last enough rounds here with uh <laughs> with the one that i ordered off the menu which is the good old swamp donkey we'll go clockwise so noel what's another name you got for uh Big bucks. Well, all you got to really do is look at the menu here at the old, <laughs> old books and work. Swamp Donkey, and uh, I was trying to think of the burger that I had. I can't uh, even remember. Non typical, I think. The non typical. <laughs> I, I often just say there's a stud. Oh, there's, there's a good a one. Stud. Classic. The stud, stud buck. A lot of times yeah. I'm looking in the mirror when I say that, but other. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh man. man. No uh, modesty here at the Buck Snort. No modesty. <laughs> no modesty allowed. Um Brutus. Ooh, Brutus. You know, I'm glad you used that name because the first giant the first swamp donkey that I ever laid eyes on, the name Brutus just jumped into my mind. It was like mm. it was like some kind of, you know, 
it's just meant to be like that name just instinctively from years of hunting ancestry that I do not have jumped <laughs> into my brain and the name Brutus just came to mind so that's that's a good one um, here's here's one of my favorites and nobody really knows the association the closest I've ever been able to come from or come to for explaining why we use this term is like the the little gnarly like bumpy texture at the base of the antlers kind of looks like toad skin right and so you call it you call a giant buck a toad it's a toad man yeah I've heard I've, I've said that I suppose <laughs> I have a button on my backpack that I've carried with me my stepdad gave it to me uh, God rest his soul miss him all the time but he wasn't a hunter at all but apparently I had an affinity for using the term Mac Daddy as a Mac Daddy. <laughs> and so I have this little button that's all it says is Mac Daddy on it. There you go. And uh, he, he gave it to me, making fun of me. Uh, but anyway, I, I like it. And I look fondly at it. I still say that. It's Mac Daddy. There you go. That's a good one. Good Mac one. Daddy. I like it. Uh, maybe like Bruiser. Yeah. Bruiser Buck. I use that one all the time. That's a good one. Uh, saw a bruiser last night. Didn't, of course, you know, in typical Kent fashion, do anything about it. But I saw him, and I'm hoping though I can catch up with him here soon. Maybe, maybe even as soon as tomorrow night, depending on what happens tonight. Jake and I are going hunting, and uh, I'm hoping that I get to fill this uh, early muzzleloader buck tag that's weighing my pocket down. But uh, the next one I like to use um, slob, just a mm -hmm. slob buck big old slob it just makes me think of like you know like just trash everywhere on his antlers i'm a big non-typical guy maybe that's a burger i should have ordered it was good <laughs> it was good <laughs> i'm pretty sure i had like a mozzarella stick on the top of it didn't it, it? had cheese sticks it had pulled pork on it <laughs> oh, yeah. i think there was some beef somewhere involved <laughs> <laughs> should have called that like the fridge burger man it's got <laughs> everything call from the slob. that's how covered. i feel now <laughs> If I fall asleep when we're doing this, no, it's not from boredom. It's from food coma. Just pass the headset off to Charlie. He'll finish up. Just Charlie, take over for me, man. So, so what do you got, Noel? Oh, you went slot. That's got to be a Midwestern thing, because I, I'd not. I've heard it a lot since being out there. I've tried to think through like what I say. I'm a typically pretty excitable dude, and I'll just say, "Big buck, big buck, big buck." Just oh over yeah, and over yep. and over. <laughs> you see that on pretty much any hunting show, but well, especially it's, on it's a natural on Buck Ventures, right? Well, the yeah, woodsman. Yeah, it's a very natural thing to say. There we what go. Do you, what do you think when you hear see a big guy? What does that? Did I say anything crazy when I we're driving around and see a biggin? <laughs> biggin. <That's> a, <laughs> there you go. All right, he's just cutting line. Noel's <laughs> investing for the future yeah. here. He's trying. He's trying to save. Just get me next time. <laughs> That's about, yeah, a big one. That's about what you say. Then, well, you also say, you call him a monster. A oh, it's a monster. Monster, buddy. Oh, man. I notice I say it a lot. There you go. There you go. inches is a monster. <laughs> <laughs> Came hey, from Mississippi if, Pinewoods, if, man. They are monsters. <laughs> <laughs> 
if uh, Alex Gruen was on here with us, he's from Michigan, and he loves to uh, talk about um, uh, uh, the quality bucks that run around his neck of the woods. But, you know, I see people pulling some big bucks out of Michigan on occasion. I had my, uh, I was staring at my issue of North American whitetail laying on the radiator in my house this morning, and I saw right on the front cover, you know, woman from Michigan shoots giant buck. So they exist. They do exist in Michigan. Really? Did you look at the picture? I didn't get that far. Just <laughs> 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 read the front page. It's um, what about bulldozer? Would that be one? Is bulldozer? You know, you say that, and I almost said, eh, you know, like the Family Feud survey says, you know. Yeah, zero. And, and, and uh, but last year in the saga of the buck that I single lunged, and I believe to still be alive to this day, when I caught up to him on that field terrace in that standing corn, uh, he... I spooked him on accident. I thought he was going to be in one spot, and he was in a different spot, and he came out of that corn like a bulldozer. I mean, antlers down, and uh, had I been in front of that bulldozer, <laughs> I think I'd be sitting on his wall. So uh, <laughs> I think I, I think uh, I think that 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 works That'll here. Work. I'm I, running out, so. Well, you know, I'm kind of surprised that Noel didn't think of this one because uh, I remember the first time we ever recorded with Noel. He uh, recalled a particular buck that he shot, and uh, that buck helps him remember how many years he's been married because he said he <laughs> shot it the same, the same year that he got married. And he referred to that buck as what we all dream of shooting as a booner. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a uh, old booner. He was, too. I looked at him today, man. He's still... <laughs> God rest his soul. <laughs> looked at him and said, I've been, well, how many years has it been? Well, let's <laughs> count them up here. Don't tell mom. I call him. I was trying to think back. Maybe I say these things so commonly, I don't think of them being like <laughs> super special. But I will call one, that man, that was a freak. Or oh. a freak elite, or a freak nasty, or any anything. There you <laughs> go. There you go. I think, I think Michael Waddell helped coin the freak uh, phrase. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've used that one a lot. Bone collector, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was Mac, Mac Daddy Freak Nasty. I remember him <laughs> saying <laughs> that. That was probably early road trips. Well, that's. I think that's a good one to end on. Yeah, um, there's, there's probably, you know, if you got another one, if you're listening and you got one that you like to use or maybe people use in your neck of the woods, go ahead and uh, send it on to me. Hit me up on a message through uh, Instagram or Go Wild or Facebook or whatever. But send it in to me and um, I'll send... Uh, you know the best, the best maybe uh, two or three that I hear. I'll send you guys uh, some decals, some first gen hunter decals. Let me come up with some more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, got, I got one more. I'm gonna end on this one. Okay, here I, we go. Just from my tight little circle of folks, if we're trying to judge how big a deer is, like out in a field or something, like we have a standard. We don't really talk a whole lot about it. If it's less, we'll say he was at least a one fifty. Oh, there we go. There we go. But not 50. It's a 50. That's right. That's right. you got to have the right vernacular if you're going to be successful in the woods. I think we're learning that right Clearly. now. Clearly. And it, and it all, at least a 150, Charlie. It, it all starts out by coming to the Buck Snort restaurant to get yourself a giant burger 
a, a freakalicious burger with <laughs> <Freak-alicious>. <laughs> with an education on big buck vernacular. So, uh, yeah, we're here. We're live. We're having fun. We're excited about what lays ahead for this weekend as far as hunting opportunity goes. Jake's been out hitting it hard. He's already done an all-day sit this year, and it's not even November. So, uh, Jake, what's an all-day sit like in October? Do you like yeah, start, uh, do you start out in a parka and then go to, you know, like uh, your uh, – you have to wear like those zip-off pants from the uh, early <laughs> yeah. 2000s <laughs> so you don't die of heat stroke by No, noon. it was pretty cold all day yesterday. I was, and I was in the shade too, so I was shivering just about all day. I had my uh, – those body warmer patches, kind of like nicotine patches, all over my body. Just kind of get the a low, back. a low dose of heat all day long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think I had three of them on me this morning. But uh, do you go like heart and then kidneys? I did. That's what I've heard to put on stomach and then tops of my legs. And the tops of my legs were freezing yesterday, and so. Just, by the end of the year, I'll probably have 10 of them on me. I have to make a note every time I have a cold body part. Uh, have them on. Well, man, so are, I, I wasn't aware of this. Are you using, like, the uh, medicated, you know, like, uh, icy hot type pads? Is that what <laughs> no, you're No, these are just the hot hands or whatever. I didn't realize they made them for your old body. Oh, they got toes. They got Oh, across your shoulders? Yeah, they got them all. Man, I thought Clearly those were just for... Enough. <laughs> well, that's what I was gonna say. I thought nowhere. I thought those were just for old man problems because I've had to use them for that. You know, when my <laughs> I get a stiff neck in the winter time and I can't hardly move. You know, I look like Frankenstein walking around. Then I might slap one of those on. I, didn't, I never thought of their uh, their hunting value. So oh, that's, no, a, that's a pretty good idea. Changers. Put on a t-shirt again. Mm-hmm. Kidneys and heart, mm-hmm. and then across the bat, mm-hmm. they uh, I get them from in the. In, in the like the pharmacy section of Walmart's where I've picked them up them? before. They're huh. not medicated necessarily. They don't smell, but <laughs> they don't think hot smell like a eucalyptus tree here in <laughs> Iowa. Might <laughs> <laughs> shoot a koala. Melaleuca. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a great idea. I've never thought of that. It's nice when you can you can think outside of the box and get into like some of the you know, sometimes I'll even do this with other outdoor activities. I'll I'll find a you know, I'll find like a uh, uh, thing that I use for backpacking or for camping, maybe even fishing. And then you can find a way to work it into your hunting setup. That's pretty sweet. And speaking of that, actually, when I pulled up to the, the buck snort today, I, you know, I was running a little little bit ahead of schedule, so I didn't expect uh, Jake and Noel to be here yet. And I see this truck parked there in front of uh, the restaurant. And I see in the back of it, I see a four-wheeler. I see a kayak. I'm like, well, shoot, somebody else is out eating at the buck snort before they go out hunting tonight. And then I realized it was Jake's truck. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, so you you yakking? Yeah, I brought it just so I had options because there's just one spot you can't get to other than the river. So, um, but I Don't haven't used it yet. Don't say too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there's like ten rivers over here. So, fun fact: Iowa is the only state bordered by two rivers. So yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Figure out which one he's in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> oh man, yeah. You know, if you uh, speaking of that, it was about oh, it's probably probably been a little over a year now. But we talked to a, a good friend of the show, Mr. Jeremiah Haas, who d- likes to do some uh, river hunting. And uh, you know, that's kind of a that's kind of something I'd like to try sometime. You could definitely incorporate some of your fishing gear and getting out to one of those islands on the Missouri or on the Mississippi River mm-hmm. or, or maybe even a smaller river, you know, like uh, uh, some of those uh, 
uh, smaller order streams that that uh, have a big enough chunk of land in the middle of it where you could get out there and maybe find some bucks uh, avoiding pressure or just you know spending time there and uh, yeah it's cool to incorporate that gear but um, you know before we really start getting into the nitty-gritty of whitetail talk here you know we need to we need to figure out what's going on with with our buddy Noel last time I saw him was turkey season this spring and uh, he had uh, just uh, scooped up a nice shed uh, that he was showing off to me that was uh, looking pretty cool and uh, uh, you know lots a lot of water's been under the bridge since that time and uh, one of those things that I think Noel's been picking up on since then was uh, you're into real estate now yeah. what's that all about uh, to, to call me uh, being in real estate would be a slap in the face of real real estate people but i do have a license <laughs> and uh, <laughs> have sold a couple of pieces for some folks i've just uh you know during covid i'm a pastor by trade and during covid i couldn't do a whole lot and yeah. so uh that's but, how this podcast was born not yeah. that i'm a pastor but <laughs> well buck ventures is is strongly affiliated with national land realty and so it made sense that if i was going to uh i had some time and and uh, i've always had the desire to 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 full with land i mean that's what it kind of kind of amounts to and uh so it was just good timing grab the license and uh i am a licensed real estate agent with national land realty and we specialize in farms and uh crop ground and recreational tracks and yeah, anything really all across the country um and so it's been it's been good this this year um i've not pursued like a ton getting listings and yeah. stuff i can see that as i get a little more comfortable in it though that that becoming a, a little more viable option and uh it's neat though it's just a different world than what i'm accustomed to sure and uh i look at things a lot different anymore like i've always looked at ground as like man i'd love to hunt that <laughs> <laughs> and i still do but now i'm look at it and i'm like Man, I wonder how many bushels an acre that corn gets. You know, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so for selling purposes, but it's it's been exciting. It's been different. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, sold a couple of houses. We don't really specialize in houses, I wouldn't say, but we certainly can. We certainly can can sell those, and uh, so I've done that and got my feet wet a little bit. And uh, but boy, I tell you. I, <laughs> I'm a terrible real estate agent because I just shut it down October 1st. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you call me, I will definitely take the call. And if you want to list a farm, man, let's list it. But I'm not coming to you uh, <laughs> looking for listings right now. Let's put right. it that way. Until right. about February, I'll be ready to start working again. <laughs> yeah, right, right. No, that's. I think that's uh, good to live with balance like that. And uh, Balance, yeah. stupidity, one of that. I mean, we'll call it something. <laughs> Obsession, addiction, yeah, whatever it is. But uh, no, it's good. It's always good to get back out there and revive, uh, revive the soul a little bit with some of God's nature, uh, taking that in and and just uh, enjoying that that uh, part of living. I think you know. So it's it's good to shut things down on occasion yeah. for sure. But um, you know, you kind of mentioned that too, and and uh, this is something I've been thinking about more in recent years. Just uh, developing a more a more holistic understanding of how things are how things work you know and uh when you pick up something new and try and figure it out so real estate 
Uh, could be uh, just a totally new career field. Could be a new hobby. Could be like me, just pick up hunting in your uh, mid twenties. <laughs> but uh, you just you start to get a deeper understanding of everything else. I think it's worth it. You know, kind of like what you're saying. You don't just look at land as something to be hunted anymore. You look at what's its financial value yeah. as well, and what where does that where does that factor into the culture and the fabric of everything that makes Iowa Iowa. You know, I think that's I think that's really cool that that you're seeing that. Well, even even to that point, like I can have. <clears throat> I can have new conversations with people that I've never been able to have before because yeah. I didn't have the knowledge or skill set to, to talk with them. And uh, so that's been that's been really good. I've actually cultivated some uh, some relationships with some folks just from being able to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not that we're trying to sell their place or, you know, they're not trying to buy anything, but I went and saw some farmers on whose land I have permission to hunt, and uh, they don't care about hunting. They just, yeah. you know, kill them all. That's what they want. <laughs> they yeah. want to do that. They're eating the crop. But I was able to talk to them on a whole new level this past time. And uh, coincidentally, they gave me permission on some more ground that they have, <laughs> thankfully. But it, yeah, I was going to say, now you know the new owners of every place you yeah, sell. Yeah, so well, this is true. <laughs> hey, uh, at do least, you guys hunt? <laughs> at least uh, now when I call people, I can say, ah, it's Noel Gandy, uh, National Land Realty. And uh, not just – Hey, this is random person calling you. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You got a you got a new excuse when you go knocking on somebody's door. Listen, I'll get any license you need me to get if I can get permission on <laughs> <with> somebody. So <laughs> if I need to become a masseuse or something, <laughs> I might get more permission start, that start way. Start selling yeah. <laughs> That might be a better sales approach. There you go. No, that's uh, that's cool that you're taking on that new venture, and people can follow along with Noel and. Uh, his uh, real estate business on Facebook. Uh, Noel, you want to give uh, give the name of that page here real quick for anyone listening? Yeah, National Land Realty is our is our company, and on Facebook in particular, it's just Noel Gandy at National Land Realty. It's separate from my personal page, and uh, our website, man, it's it's cool. We offer something that's pretty neat. It's called Land Tour 360. So if mm. you do have a piece of ground, it's more than just a drone shot. You can you see the the overhead view, but you can zoom into different parts of a farm. It sure. is so cool. Uh, I can I get lost a lot of times looking at ground <laughs> uh, that like I'll never be able to buy, but yeah. I, I like to look at it. All right, yeah. Well, and you can uh, you know really see what you're you're if you're an out of state investor or something like that, you can see what you're getting yeah. into a little bit better. And you know whenever I whenever I go visit a property that I maybe uh, hunt a couple times a year or something that's at a great enough distance to where I just can't be there all the time. I always find myself when I get back home trying to recall what it was that I saw. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And you, you try to like, you're always working the puzzle in your brain for how you can hunt it better or whatever. But to have a tool like that, that, yeah, I can see how that would be really uh, useful. Plus, we're all addicted to uh, aerial scouting when we should be going to bed at night. We uh, lay there on... Uh, <laughs> Did it last night. Google Earth. <laughs> Did it last night. On a on a farm. This is the killing thing. On a farm that I've hunted for five years now. Yep. And I keep seeing deer come out at one particular spot. And I don't know why. Mm-hmm. And so I was looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> Try to piece it together. Hey, they come to find out there's a wash. Like okay. in the field. They're going around the edge of this wash. That's why. Wow. You can see it. That's awesome. Plain as day. Yep. Yep, and you can uh, take advantage and capitalize, hopefully. But uh, 
when you do, you'll get it on film, of course. Of course. And that brings up the second thing that uh, eats up a good portion of your time, which is good old Buck Ventures, the Woodsman series. Yeah. In year, what now? Is this year three, four for we're the filming, Woodsman? We're filming for season four right now. Season three is being released like as we speak. It started mm-hmm. October 14th, and we release on My Outdoor TV three episodes a week. And so we're up to, I think, six episodes are live. Okay. And they're they're releasing every Thursday, or midnight on Thursday. So, um, I think I don't know the order just yet. They didn't send out a a season order, um, but I think Charlie and me, and then my immediate group of, of friends um, are going to be featured this coming oh, week. And so nice. we're pretty excited. It might be next week. I think it's this one though. Uh, just what I heard through the rumor mill, and okay. so we're gonna get to see. I don't know what it, I don't know what they used. Uh, <laughs> it's always a big surprise. Like I had 71 sits last year Whew. between me filming or hunting and filming, and so I've got 71 sits worth of material. I don't know what's gonna be on it. <laughs> oh, I have a good idea because I think I filmed four kills last year. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, only one was mine, but <laughs> nevertheless, they were all good. So we'll see. I'm excited, and and then I think Charlie, Charlie might be featured more than me. Actually, like legitimately, I'm not, I'm not joking. He, uh, <laughs> my hunt was self-filmed, which I've tried to get away from. Sometimes you can't avoid it. Like I'm not going to give up the best day. Yeah. Because I can't snag a cameraman. And right. So uh, it was one of those days last year and killed. And it was okay. Like, I got the footage and everything. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a Golden Moose Award type footage, <laughs> but it was it's on camera. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but Charlie, like, he had a cameraman for for his deer. Well, good. Thankfully, yes. huh? And so I'm excited to see. He, he's more famous than I am, for sure. <laughs> he's going to start picking up the camera. Yeah, and train. <laughs> he's good at GoPro. Like, he's good at that one. For sure. Yeah, you know, you got to be careful here. If you wait too long, then he'll be like a, he'll be a pro cameraman by the time it's, you know, time to graduate and go and do his own thing. And then well, you you're, know, they're going to be back to square one. You've seen, like, the <laughs> Facebook meme and stuff. Say some people wish that they had a good hunting buddy. I'm raising mine and talking about your kids. I'm like, I'm raising a cameraman. I don't know what y'all talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking. I'm picking. <laughs> well, that's a that's a good transitional point here because uh, and you're you're kind of fessing up here a little bit, Noel. But uh, based on what I've uh, been seeing on social media, seeing in field and stream, the understudy here is kind of outshining his old man a little bit. Uh, Charlie's <laughs> legendary buck, Doofus, got some serious attention. So Charlie, when I saw a picture of Doofus. I don't think I've seen a more aptly named animal on the planet. I mean, this thing, <laughs> that was the best name for it. So, so uh, in a second here, we're going to kind of have you describe what Doofus looked like a little bit. But who came up with the name Doofus? Did, did it jump into your mind first or your dad's? So it uh, jumped into his mind first. So he had actually, they had actually been after Doofus and uh, he'd been just researching them, just watching them. So he was the one who came up with the name. He actually just told me about them. And he said, 
Hey, what? You hunt this deer. We need to get him out of his misery. It's hard for him to eat. So I decided. So we made that our goal. And that was the main deer we were hunting. So it was that last, that day we went hunting. And we, when we got doofus, it was super awesome. So. <laughs> what a great memory that's that's you know that will we'll kind of describe his uh his physical traits <laughs> shall we say here soon but but uh charlie uh mentioned it there a little bit he talked about how this was an animal that was suffering and uh he felt that uh you know he could he could use his deer tag to uh end this this animal's struggle and suffering which is that's a mature decision to make so uh you know, my hat's off to you as a uh, fellow hunter for for uh, being willing to think beyond just yourself and beyond what hunting does for you, but what it does for the the bigger picture of all God's creatures, right? And so uh, uh, I'm I'm really uh, pleased to to hear you say that. But can you kind of describe to us what made Doofus look like a Doofus? Well, so uh, so we think he got it must have gone in a deer fight or something and his so his jaw was completely shifted to the side of his mouth where like his maybe the left side of his bottom jaw was touching the right side of his top <laughs> jaw so, and the reason we call him doofus Man. was because because of that his tongue was always like it hanging out so he just looked <laughs> like a doofus <laughs> so did you keep the tongue <laughs> i it probably that thing was no, gross we, man we, <laughs> we did not keep the tongue the bomb part the bomb jaw it was really gross because it had it was like it had mud all in it it was like a little cup that just was barely attached to it. Oh, man. It was wild, man. That tongue on that deer, not to be too graphic or anything, but, like, he drooled everywhere he went, so he's always drooling. Sure. His tongue, I guess the end of it was dead because it was, like, frostbit and yeah, it was just yeah. nasty. Oh, disgusting. Yep. <laughs> he used it, though. That's how he got his name, yeah. Doofus. Because he looked like a cartoon character, like an old, like, dumb dog or something uh -huh. that you would have seen on an old-timey cartoon. and. We, we had these power stations set up that right one makes they hang from a tree and it's basically like a jolly rancher is what it looks like it, or i'm assuming it's what it tastes like i've i've not <laughs> gone that far but it smells like it anyway and during the summer doofus loved that power station and he would go up and his tongue kind of hangs out of his head anyway but we've got these trail camera videos of him going and that tongue just sticks out and wiggles <laughs> Like an anteater almost, and it just kind of tickles that thing. It's the, it's the craziest looking goofy thing you ever oh, seen. Oh, man. A doofus. And that, like, the name stuck. That deer, he actually, uh, he was a two-year-old deer, but at one year old, I started noticing a deer, and I'm assuming it's the same deer, uh, started getting this mass on his jaw. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know so much that it was a fight as much as I, I researched it, like Charlie said, and um, think that he had something called compaction, which okay. feed gets between, like when they're eating, somehow or another it gets between their gum and their, like in their jaw somehow or another, but it just, it compacts. It, it swells up, becomes abscessed, 
and apparently, and it, it became like softball size on the side of his mouth. Man. And I've got this little spike buck with this huge thing on the side of his head. And uh, apparently it ruptured. But before it ruptured, it swelled so much till it broke his jaw, misaligned oh his jaw. Oh, my goodness. And that's, that's what the issue was, I think. I'm pretty sure. He did like to tussle, though. Like, it didn't stop anything. He was healthy otherwise. <laughs> Can you imagine the buck um, that saw Doofus running at him? He <laughs> ate a lot. Like, every time, which, I mean, all deer browse naturally. But as soon as we started supplemental feeding after season, all the way up, like, he was on feed all the time because wow. it was easy. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm assuming. And he would stay there way longer than everybody else. It just took him a long time. Yeah. And uh, we were concerned that it's going to get brutal winter which it ended up getting pretty cold yeah. last year. And uh, he would end up dying. And I don't – I mean, Charlie doesn't want stuff to suffer. I don't want stuff to suffer. People get that misconception about hunters. Yeah. That we're just, you know, yeah. you know, bloodthirsty I'd rather never. And, I'd rather never pull a trigger on anything than to wound something and suffer. Yeah. Not, not recover or something like that. Like the stuff we do is to grow healthier, see more deer. I want to see right. better deer. Like everything we do is for them. Yeah. I killed right. one a year, maybe, you know? Right. And so, he did, Charlie is so good. He he hunted diligently, too. One cool thing that Iowa offers is a youth tag mm. that you can use during the youth season, but if you don't feel it during the youth season, it is good all year long. Yeah, yeah, that is and, awesome. And uh, so, he was able to take it, as long as they're using the weapon that is in season, he can literally hunt any season. He mm-hmm. can't now because he's tagged out this year. <laughs> so we're having to talk about getting him a shotgun tag. But uh, but anyway, so that's what he did. He waited till uh, shotgun season, and uh, and and Doofus was coming out to standing bean field pretty regularly. And on the fifth day, Charlie connected. He hunted every day. Wow! It was awesome. He's been hunting every day that week. I uh, every. Every afternoon after school, I'd ask Day, hey, can we go out deer hunting? And he'd be like, oh, sure. And then we'd get out there. And my big thing the whole time was every time we went out there, I packed me a little backpack. And every time I would bring he a little oatmeal cream pie. <laughs> <laughs> we smashed a box of Little Debbie's that week, man. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, those things are addictive, you know. The other day, I, I, I had a little... uh little disappointment in my wife not not gonna throw under the bus here but we were standing there at a hardware store and they had a stack of all the little debbies and i saw those oatmeal cream pies and i said man those oatmeal cream pies sure look good and she checked out with a box of nutter butters oh. it was <laughs> or nutty bars that's, I think a, that's, that's a pretty <laughs> solid uh, second <laughs> charlie will give you a pro tip this is his own and that's you take the little buddy heater that you put in the blind with you when it's late season like that and cold. I see where this is going. And you you put the oatmeal cream pie in front of the little buddy heater just for a minute or two. And then it gets all melty, it's all warm, and it just goes out. We we done got off the rails here. That's a a deer blind s'more right there. (laughs) (laughs) Then it sticks to your gloves and you have to. (laughs) Yeah, that's right, that's right. Well, man, that's awesome. That's a great story with Doofus. You shot another buck this uh, youth season I remember seeing. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about that one? Is that is that your best buck ever, or is he uh It is probably not my best buck ever, but it sure is a real good one. I think it's had the most points yeah. 
we've ever gone I've ever gone off a deer. Uh, That's awesome. His name was Wacky. Wacky. And so <laughs> we had it really. So we had already had a couple of other target bucks. Uh, one, it was his name was Buster. He was maybe seven year old, six year old, really old, but he was like super mean. He was always getting to fights and <laughs> running off all the de other deer. The reason we called him Buster was cause he kept on breaking his oh, antlers yeah, so yeah. we wanted to kill him but so we decided to just go out hunting and they it was the first day we'd gone out and they said you don't like right, to tell this part there's one deer we can't do it we can't kill and that's wacky <laughs> not many two-year-old 13 points running around 120 inches you know we're gonna let him grow and let him let him grow continue i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off but, <laughs> So when we got out there, everything was perfect. The wind was perfect. We just had a cold front, and he just came out there. We maybe been out there maybe like an hour, 30 minutes in between that time. He was just, he was practically begging to get shot. He, he was dying to get shot. Let's put it that way. Eh? So did your dad cry when you shot Wacky? Well, maybe <laughs> Not exactly. He said, do you wanna do you wanna shoot this deer? And I'm like, Yep. That's a good dad right there. So then we got out the forty four Magnum. It has been very faithful for us that it's a really good gun. Awesome. Uh it has killed three deer. Well, actually technically it's killed four deer and three of them fell down and just died. That's, so it's that's really awesome. good, right in their tracks, including, yeah. including Wacky. Yep, so. yep. Lots of good dad there letting you, get, give, giving you the green light on his uh, his dream buck in another two or three seasons. That's well, that's uh, I got to think about it, man. It, Wacky was a good deer. <laughs> He's a really good deer. And uh, Charlie, we're gonna, we've got him in the process of doing a little Euro mount on him. And I thought, man. So when I was 11 years old, first thing, calcium above the ears, man, I was smashing. <laughs> like that, that's not fair for Charlie, you know, for me to – Yep. Like he came out and just peacocked around for 30 minutes, and I was like, do you want to shoot that deer? Like I didn't get the question. Yeah, 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 yes, sir. <laughs> so, like I really want you to shoot him too because I get so excited myself. Yep. And – uh it was good. We got it on video. Got it on like high speed, so slow motion. You can see the impact rippling through. It's pretty, pretty wicked. Man, uh, that's it's awesome. Pretty, it's pretty good stuff. And yeah, Charlie's got a good 30, 30 minutes of hunting under his belt this year already. So <laughs> sometimes it just works that I've way, been out doesn't 15 it? Fifteen times, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, and you know what? When a buck is just sauntering around like that, begging to be shot, he could be doing that in front of somebody else who uh, who uh, wants him right now too. And yep. so he may not have made it to that that next uh, couple years of, of living that, that uh, our perfect plans lay out for us or get hit by a car or whatever. You know, so I think it's great that you took him. Should never be ashamed of that. And, and uh, man, beautiful deer too. He's got a nice uh, little turkey foot on his uh, – uh, if I remember right for the picture, the left brow time was that the little turkey foot that he so had? That sounds right. And just a uh, just a uh, points everywhere. Yep, points everywhere. Just a beautiful deer, and uh, you know, 
one more memory to go in the old memory bank for uh, legendary bucks killed by the one and only Charlie Gandy. Yeah, we've gotten in the habit of donating the first deer of the year to the Hush program. Oh, very here in cool. Iowa. Yeah, our local food bank. I talked to them. Uh, I said, do you guys ever get the venison like from the Hush program, or is this just a, you know? Is it a racket? And they're like, no, we get it and give it away immediately. Like, wow. it, we can't keep it. And so that kind of, we've just kind of resolved that the first deer we get, we, we like to donate. And yeah. uh, so Wacky will make somebody some good meals. We're still trying to clean out Doofus. And we're almost, we're almost ready for this year. There you <laughs> Fresh go. Fresh meat. But, uh, yeah, Charlie's a good guy. And, uh, like, excellent shot. I'm, I'm. Not even, I'm not even just dad bragging. Like he smashed Doofus at 130 yards, and Wacky was the same way. Just proud daddy. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> he does good. Nicely done. Nicely done. Well, that's a that's a couple of great stories there. Look forward to see what uh, if your dad uh, opens up his wallet for a uh, shotgun tag for you this oh, year. Oh, we we are. So my dad drew Iowa this year. He's coming oh, up for Mississippi. Good. He's never. He's not hunted out of state uh, in probably 13 years, I okay, guess. Okay, yeah. And so we're going to set him up, and uh, Charlie is probably going to draw or purchase a shotgun tag because we there still got to go. kill Buster. And, and as um, like he's already broken up this year. Buster <laughs> Holy is. cow. He's just a huge eight-point. He's a 140-inch eight-point. He's seven years old at least. Like, With a bad for attitude, sure. huh? And we, the reason we wanted Charlie to kill him, one, he's big deer. Uh, but I said, dude, like, we've got some really pretty deer on the farm that, mm-hmm. you know, Buster was pretty regular. I said, we need to kill him before he busts them all up. Right, yeah. And, like, then we don't have anything to hunt. Right, right. <laughs> and so uh, I have not seen him in a while, though, and uh, I have bad suspicions of something that might have happened with him but anyway maybe he'll turn up soon yeah yeah well i hope so i hope uh, somebody can fill their tag on buster this year and uh charlie told me he is off limits like i'm prepared <laughs> i'm prepared to kill buster if he comes while i'm archery hunting like even 135 40 inch deer i don't you know buck yep. ventures no matter what i'm shooting him yeah right charlie, you better not like, <laughs> he's still got dibs on Buster. Charlie knows where so, he is. <laughs> I'm, yeah, that's, he probably sees him and runs him out every evening. He's got, he's got a little pile of corn somewhere that he <laughs> stocks up every night. Throws a couple oatmeal cream pies in there. A couple oatmeal measure. cream pies. Buster's <laughs> trained up. No. So I've resolved I will not shoot Buster. Uh, anyway, well, that's, 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 that's for Charlie or, or Papa. We'll let Papa. Yeah. What Charlie that's says fair. with a grimace, he nods. <laughs> sure we'll let him have it well another guy that we don't have here with us but a guy that uh is kind of a i haven't i haven't met this person in person yet i haven't i haven't got him into the buck snort yet i guess <laughs> he's a little bit further away yeah. but uh mr heath rayfield a guy that noel told me about the very first time I ever interviewed noel and um he described heath as an absolute killer and uh you know you hear people say that all the time about their friends that they know but folks, Heath is an absolute killer. There is no doubt about it. Um, you just see it on social media. I, I think turkey season this spring. I'm, I'm kind of concerned about the turkey population in uh, the southeastern part of the United States Man. with Heath living down there. He's a guide on on like a by profession. 
Yeah. And, like, that's the worst thing to be as a turkey in South Carolina, North Carolina <laughs> during March, April. Yep. Whether he's behind the trigger or whether he's guiding folks, man, he's just every day. Yep. And yeah. then the days that he doesn't kill one are, like, he's mad. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I'll, I'm bewildered. He's a cool dude. I know that for sure. Yep, yep. And uh, we bring him up because uh, just days ago, Field and Stream released their rundown of the biggest bucks killed in the early 2021 hunting season. And if you follow Heath, or even if you follow me on Facebook, um, you would see that Field and Stream included Heath's, if I remember correctly, or no, I think it was like around 164-inch buck, just like a slick eight or something like that. Or, a, or it's it a deer they called Hightower. He's he's known the deer, yeah, right around that 165. But he's just tall. Yeah, big frame, Very dude. It's typical typical frame. I mean, just yeah. really clean. Here's how here's how cool Heath is. Heath let that deer go <laughs> because that was not the deer he was after. <laughs> And he finally sat there and like, you know, he let I let you slide once. I'm not gonna let you slide twice. <laughs> yep. You don't you don't get to walk past Heath twice. Oh man, the deer he was after like was a no doubt. That would have been a deer of 2020, not just October. Oh man. But, but uh, such a cool deer, high tower, and uh, he has got a little bird nest on the ground out there in Kansas. He mm. does with his buddy Cody. Okay. And, uh, they have – I say that it's not without a lot of work and effort. Right. Yep. Anybody can kill a big deer, like anybody. Yep. But to kill one every year, <clears throat> that, right. that don't happen on accident. To grow them, that right. happen on accident. So, uh, just knows how to – like, he's already killed big South Carolina deer. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me tell I'm going to tell you something. No, don't many know this. I hope he listens. <laughs> I love you, Heath. <laughs> He's done missed twice. Oh. <laughs> but I got a picture yesterday. I'm sitting in a deer stand. He, he He's having some struggles with his bow. He's having some struggles. And I uh, feel bad for him. That's, southern deer are pretty high strung anyway. Sure. So the fact that a deer ducks an arrow is not a surprise. Right. I, I, don't blame that whatsoever. And I'm just only poking fun. But I got a. I'm sitting in the stand yesterday, and he sends me a picture. He says it's done got real, and it's a picture of a CVA gun. I said you done brought the equalizer out. He said ain't missing today. <laughs> Duck this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, yeah. It's uh, it's fun to, to see what he's up to, and there are there are plans in the works already we've been trying to coordinate here doing a little talking back and forth uh to get heath back on the show again uh, of course we've had him on there for quail and turkey but we have not dipped into his uh probably his bread and butter although it's hard to say that you know when you see what he does with quail and turkey but uh <laughs> but uh Ducks, I mean. <laughs> yeah maybe that's what we should do we should try and interview heath on something that he's not good at but uh, I don't think we'd be able to come up with something. Chess, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what's been going on there. We're hoping to have him on soon. But, um, you know, let's uh, kind of 
fast forward to what we're all up to right now here in the great state of Iowa. We are hunting. A month that is often scorned, at least until uh, the time of year when uh, you start knocking on people's doors and they give you free candy. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> uh, October is just as kind of it's out of vogue in the deer hunting world. And um, there's three of us here, though, that still like to hunt it and still think that there's um, some really good opportunities to be had this time of year. And uh, so we'll kind of go at it, though, from a realistic approach here. And uh, there's probably no better realistic set of adjectives for describing any situation than the old spaghetti western, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Hmm. That'd be a great time for you to start whistling, Jake. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Perfect. So the good, the bad, and the ugly of hunting October. Um. Jake, you've probably hunted October the least so far this year. Yep. But um, what have you noticed so far that's been good? Good? Well, I've only been out twice. Um, and the first time was after. That will be my ugly. <laughs> I might have just unplugged <laughs> your computer. Uh, but uh, so the good uh, last night was enjoyable. I guess all day yesterday was enjoyable. Um, I think I saw 12 deer total. Oh, wow. Um, so... Nothing came in close enough. I'm hunting with my recurve this year, so. Oh man, that's I'm, awesome! I'm stuck to about ten yards. So. <laughs> um, He's got to be able to also drop the arrow on the yeah. deer. <laughs> no, I think I can stretch it out to fifteen, but past that, it gets a little shaky. Um, so the good, yeah, it was just a good day, especially yesterday morning. I saw a lot. I saw one doe with three fawns right behind her. I don't know if I've ever seen three fawns with oh yeah i don't know if she adopted some or yeah, um, that happens there's triplets i don't know if that's possible or not but sure. um that was cool um so yeah i'd say the good is probably just seeing deer yesterday uh, i like watching them just as much as anything else yeah, um the ugly uh probably well, the well, well you can hang on oh, the ugly. The we'll, we'll, we'll circle we'll circle oh, the okay, wagons here so uh, the good, um, I guess I'll go next, and I'll let I'll let Noel finish up the good for us. And then we'll uh, we'll start the bad, and then we'll get to the ugly. Sound good? So uh, the good for me so far is, uh, like Jake said, it's just good to get out again. You know, you have that kind of like almost build up to Christmas. You know, when you're a little kid, you're cutting off like the paper chain you made at school. Each day represents a day on the calendar. You do like the advent calendar or whatever. You know, you kind of feel that way as an adult when you're a deer hunter. And so October 1 uh, rolled around for me and uh, those episodes that I was releasing at that time, I was telling you guys, I haven't been out yet, I haven't been out yet. That's because I had no idea where the arrows were going when I uh, would uh, release my bow. (laughs) I was really struggling getting my uh, broadheads dialed in. And uh, since then, I've gotten that squared away, and I've been able to get out with my bow confidently a few times um, since then. But uh, really, the early muzzleloader season is what I've been hunting right now. You guys know that I have uh, have baby number three coming uh, in December, and so uh, normally the, the time of year when I'd be thinking about hunting a gun season, I'll have much more important things to attend to right. and far less sleep. <laughs> and uh, so... Uh, You'll still I'm, be getting up the, at 3.30. <laughs> oh, man, yes. Yes, I will be. And uh, so early muzzleloader it was uh, this year, but that's okay because I've hunted it multiple times in the past. And I, I enjoy that season. I think it's a unique opportunity, one that hunters do not take near enough. But um, one of those advantages, 
I have found that during that season, I can get covered up in deer. Yeah. And I have seen, man, I'm not, I'm not fooling you here as a first gen hunter. This, this is a crazy thing to say as a first gen hunter. When you're Noel Gandy or Heath Rayfield, I mean, they yawn and pass this many deer at this point in the year. But uh, I've, uh, I bet I've, I bet I've <laughs> passed up on ten plus kill opportunities already this year. You know, it's just a couple of those were, uh, well, one of those was a uh, pretty nice uh, little eight-point buck. But, um, you know, just with seeing as many deer as I've been seeing, uh, it's just, it's just uh, I don't know, makes you think that there's got to be a better opportunity waiting. And uh, I did take that better opportunity one night. But turns out, you guys probably were aware of this but maybe not if you don't cock the hammer on your muzzle loader nothing <laughs> happens when you pull the trigger <laughs> and uh it was the last minute of legal shooting light and uh you know i'm hunting with a scope so uh when i when i went to squeeze the trigger you know of course you kind of blink your eyes bracing for impact right and uh yeah, once I went to open my eyes again, after nothing happened, I couldn't find him again because there was like a doe that was like trad bow distance from me, <laughs> like 10, 10 yards, within 10 yards of me, That uh, uh, and I was hunting from the ground that was kind of like looking at me, and, uh, you know, I couldn't like see around her to see that buck, and by then it was the buzz, the shot clock had gone off, the buzzer had sounded, and uh, the game was over. So uh, I've only tried to take one shot so far, but I've seen a lot of deer – Deer seem to be on a more predictable pattern uh, this time of year than, uh, especially during the rut when things just kind of go all sorts of crazy based on what kind of scent is floating around in the atmosphere at that at that juncture. But, but uh, yeah, that's been the good so far for me. I agree. The good has been seeing plenty of deer, which I mean, if you like me, if had cameras out for three months, you know where they are. Right. And so. <laughs> Uh, I've had a shooter in bow range, which I'm just archery hunting, uh, with the compound. I've had a shooter in bow range twice now. And, uh, so that's, yeah, like that's saying something, you that's know, a good, that's, that's a good, good feeling. It, for it to only be the 20th, you know, of October, uh, not to get ahead of myself, but the bad is I've yet to release the arrow. So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that tells you anything. But uh, they are, uh, you know, if you find a daylight picture. I'm using cell cameras a lot now, and I have found that if I can get a daylight picture in the morning, likely that deer is going to be around that evening. Or mm-hmm. if he's there, you know, like I had a shooter on camera at 6 o'clock this morning. I, I didn't really want to, like I wanted to go jump in there. Yeah. But I didn't want to go and blow him out in case he's bedded right there, too. So right. there's so much feed still in the field. So the good is that deer, you know, have, have been on the feed a little bit. Um, and so I – good. We got Charlie a deer early. Mm. So there's been some success. We've got a little blood on the tailgate already. So that's <laughs> been nice. You know, we've got a little, got a little blood on the knives. And so, uh, yeah. Also good, I've had a chance to slide down to Kansas already oh, this yeah. year and, and check it out, get some spots uh, squared away for hunting in November. Very good. I, and I hunt, it was like a hunting scout kind of a deal. Sure. So got a little traveling under the belt. So uh, Very good. Yeah. Been that's, good. 
That's awesome. That's 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 really great. Yeah, you know the the uh, I'll kind of go here, I guess, with with the bad in a second. But uh, I wanted to bring this up. In fact, I kind of broadcasted this in our last episode uh, that I uh, released. You know what what Noel's talking about with being able to kind of pick up on some tendencies during this time of year. I really think you can. You know, maybe a little. Probably the only at least here in Iowa. I mean, I know there's some people out there that are hunting in August, hunting in September, and you can still have some of that summer pattern that you can capitalize on. We don't really get that advantage here, but, you know, the late season here in Iowa, you know, <laughs> survival mode, right? Bed to food, and they better be close, <laughs> right? But uh, the, the, the situation with October that I've noticed, specifically during when the early muzzleloader season falls, you, know, you got some of the crops coming down, and this year, because it's been so dry, a lot of the crops are down in my neck of the woods. And uh, I asked the farmer, and he's done this in the past without me asking, uh, but, but you know, now that I'm living there, I'm like, uh, hey, if you wouldn't mind, you know, uh, harvesting our field last, <laughs> leaving the corn up last, um, that would be okay. And uh, I've just found that in October, and really through the summer too, um, bucks like to bed in that standing corn that that temporary iowa forest right and we're slow on adjusting our our behaviors you know when we when we uh when when something happens that gets us to have to change our routine a little bit we usually kind of groan and moan and drag our feet and deer aren't so different and so as your neighbor's corn goes down and that neighbor's corn goes down and that neighbor's corn goes down and uh, already in my neck of the woods, especially, there not being much timber, those deer just seem a little bit more reluctant to start going to their more, you know, November, December, January bedding areas uh, than if they still have some local corn standing. And uh, that's, that's, I think, a big reason why I'm seeing so many deer this year. It's just those deer are just funneling into our farm with the standing corn. And then uh, being able to capitalize on that security cover during those uh, more daylight hours where deer want to be close to being able to get out of sight. You know, so, I, so uh, kind of a rule I go by that I just see confirmed time and time again is if it's like br- bright sun is overhead and uh, especially if it's getting brighter. I just see those deer, if they're out and about, they're traveling tight to the corn. Outside of it, though, in the transitional area where it's easier to walk and and find some of that green uh, food source. But then as it gets darker, I actually saw this work perfectly last night, uh, although he was out of killable range. saw a really nice buck that uh, was wandering. The sun was overhead, broad daylight. He was wandering along, keeping close to that corn. And then he started to transition slowly over to this timbered area. And then eventually by after last light had just made his way into the bean field, the cut bean field and uh, was, was there in, uh, you know, the wide open. But at this point it was too dark to hunt. And uh, he had his nighttime security there to be in the wide open. And uh, so, you know, a nice way, the way that I've uh, been able to capitalize in the past is to, uh, kind of prioritize hunting that corn side of that transition in October during broad daylight, during sun overhead times, and then as it gets darker, switch my focus, my setup to hunt over on that bean side. And that almost worked for me the other night. 
I just had to remember to, you know, cock my muzzle loader. <laughs> oh. So, so that's the that's my big uh, good secret here for you that I that I promised. Now there'll probably be a million people out there to shoot me down, but I'm telling you guys, I've seen it happen so many times, including with the biggest buck I have ever laid eyes on, and that includes in taxidermy, not in magazines, of course, but like I get maybe I should say like the biggest buck I've ever seen living. That rule applied. That's where I first kind of caught wind of the rule, <laughs> but. uh yeah, it's, uh, it's a way that I've been able to find some success during this season. So, we're ready to talk about the bad? Sure. What's the bad, Jake? Oh, probably I haven't been able to get out much. Just, uh, it's hard to say no to work when people keep calling. Yep. And my boss went to Spain for a week, and I kept saying yes to work. And when people called, it was totally in my power to say no, but it's just hard to say no. So... Yeah, probably the bad is just not getting out and uh still a busy time of year. Yeah, just saying yes to everybody. What do you think, Noel? My bad's bad is probably opposite of your your good, I guess. Uh the bad for, for me is that there is so much corn still standing <clears throat> mm-hmm. and um not not necessarily a deer that I'm hunting, but a deer that a good friend of mine is hunting and I'm helping film has been daylight three days in a row in the exact same spot. And he's a giant, 170 mm. plus oh, man. kind of a deer. Giant. Man. We can't get to him to hunt him. Just because the corn's in the way. Because the corn, like, if you, I mean, some folks would say that where there's a will, there's a way, but there's literally, like, outside of ghillie suits, walking a terrace, which we've considered, mm-hmm. and setting up on the terrace, and you're going to have a 10 yard window to shoot. But who knows the noise you're going to make right. to get in there. It's just not worth it to blow him out because he is living there. Right. So, like, that's been the bad. That and some – like, I think October is one of the best times. That's one of my favorite times to hunt. Yeah. Is if Especially with cold fronts. And so, good is there have been a couple of cold, cold fronts. Bad yeah. is that they've still got so much corn in the in the fields it's hard to hunt around them. Yeah. Yeah, and that should be a qualifier, I should say, on mine. The, the reason it works well, the farm that I hunt, is because we have a lot of CRP. Oh, yeah. And that you have that transitional area where you can hunt. But, yeah, you're right. If it's up to the fence or right up to the timber, you can't move, you can't see them. That, uh, it's just, it's such a wild time of year. It's just mm-hmm. fickle. Yeah. Uh, and so, that kind of kind of coincides with the ugly, too. Uh, my my friend and I got a new farm to hunt, co permission, and uh, we're going in to hunt it the other day. He's gonna let me hunt. There's a big deer there, but he's kind of got his one track mind on this on this mm-hmm. deer he called Splitter. And uh, we're walking into the farm. We think we've got it figured out, uh, but because of the corn, so the bad, we had to take a different access. So we're trying to be as careful as we could possibly be. And in the throes of the access, we run into the deer I'm hunting, mm-hmm. who is up early. So the good, the, you know, the weather. Yep. This is like all of them in one. <laughs> the weather has him up early. Yep. He's not cruising. I, I use that word, but he's milling around, I guess, just up on his feet. Mm-hmm. And uh, he didn't see us, but, like, we just gummed up that whole deal. <laughs> like, trying to get to the stand, <laughs> making noise. He didn't see us, but we blew out a bunch of other deer trying to get to it, so we've had to leave that farm alone, basically. Yeah. And so it's like good, bad, and ugly all in the same, <laughs> like, 15-minute span. Yep. 
Yep. I think the bad for me is just I like hunting mornings. There's just if you could choose, am I going to kill my buck in the morning or am I going to kill it at night? I th- I don't think you'd find anybody who would say at <laughs> night over the morning because of the implications of field dressing or blood tracking. Yeah. You know, you just or having that dread of having to go to bed and uh, you know hoping the coyotes don't feast on it overnight or something like that. But in October. You know, that's kind of a big thing that people talk about. Ooh, hunting mornings in October. Now, Noel, in a previous episode, has talked about a time when he is willing. And actually, last year, when I single-lunged that buck, uh, I had been texting Noel the night before. I was like, hey, are you going to hunt tomorrow? And he's like, it's got my wind coming, buddy. And that the right cold front, I'm out there. Yep. And I'm like, all right, that's what I needed to hear. I'm going. And yep. sure enough, it was a glorious opportunity. While applying my bean and corn uh, transitional theory, by the way, I'll, I might add. <laughs> but uh, you but start um, a podcast or something. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, the the mornings though in in October can be, you know, you you got to be pretty picky with when you're yep. going out there, and you know the the cost analysis of adding pressure and scent into your hunting area during that time frame. It's just a little bit tougher to make that decision, and you got to be a little bit more patient. So I, I would say that the bad for me is uh, just hunting October mornings is is uh, something I kind of just struggle with knowing when I should, when I shouldn't, you know. What about the ugly, Jake? The ugly? Uh, I would say the first time I went out this year, it was like 84 degrees. <laughs> I don't know. Something terrible. And... Uh, yeah, Hawkeyes were playing Penn State, so I was listening to that on the way over, <laughs> and uh, went hunting on this public piece, and I sent Ken a picture, <laughs> it's kind of funny, I uh, took some pictures, I kayaked into this spot, you know, real picturesque, had my recurve strapped down in the front of the kayak, looking real nice, all happy, smiling, took a selfie, and uh, that's how it started, and then about, I don't know, less than an hour later, I am 100% soaked. <laughs> and I bet, I don't know, 500 mosquito bites? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Jake comes back with malaria from his first, <laughs> yeah. from his first hunt of the oh. season. <laughs> I went into it thinking this is my day to hunt. I think I can hunt today. And I don't care how many mosquitoes bite me. I'm just going to sit there. I can take it. I've been bit before. I can just grip my teeth. And after about 30 minutes, I hadn't even made it to the stand yet. And... I said, I, I can't do this. Moving's the only thing that keeps me from getting bit by 20 of them at a time. I'm only getting bit by 15 if I'm moving. And so I had my sweatshirt on. I had a long sleeve T-shirt over my face. Um, I think I had another long sleeve shirt under my sweatshirt, and they're still biting me through my sweatshirt. Ow. And I I got turned around because I like couldn't see straight. I was getting bit so much. And I would bet you... I thought I was walking back to the truck. I overshot the truck by like a hundred yards because oh. like my long sleeve shirt was over like my eyes, kind of. <laughs> Walked and through poison ivy. Yeah, day. I didn't care. Oh, skeetery! And yeah, so I only missed about a half a quarter of the Hawkeye game and listened to the rest of it on the way home. <laughs> so that was a quick hunt. <laughs> that's the good, I guess. But no, that was the ugly. It was miserable. I don't think I'll ever do that again. Yeah. I know they make thermocells and everything, but I figured I'd just grit my teeth, and there's no grit in your teeth. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What's the ugly for you, Noel? Yeah, I mean, that's been a lot of it. Uh, my buddy calls them LBBs, <laughs> little, little black bugs. I had no idea. 
<laughs> like they tried to carry me off one day, and I'm pretty healthy old boy here. So. <laughs> That's been pretty bad. That and uh, same same friend just got the worst case of poison I've ever oh, seen. No. To the point where we named the uh, stand that we were hanging the Ivory Tower, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just a play on Ivy. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, and this, it, the stand, like after we put it up, we realized I can about grab the bottom of it, like from the ground. It was so short. <laughs> so we, it's very, uh, I don't know, a little short, uh, poison ivy ridden set. So the ivory tower is what it was called. <laughs> we have successfully scared every deer that's come by when we're sitting there too, because they they basically look up like this. Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> they're eye level. Yeah, they're eye level. Scratch them on the head. <laughs> that's why. Like big, yeah. <laughs> wait, wait for a late season. That'd be a, you could do some shed hunting that way. You could walk by, <laughs> just pop it off, <laughs> just kick, 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 kick them off. <laughs> oh man, no, yeah. The, I will kill a deer from the ivory tower. <laughs> you watch what I tell you. Hey, yeah, when it, when it happens, when they quit looking way. up there, when they get crazy, they're yep. gonna. It's in a spot. They're gonna quit being so scared, and uh, they're gonna run by, and I'm gonna kill a 163 there. Hey, I like it. I hope it happens. <laughs> I wanna, I want, I want the photo evidence. You know, you could probably, you could probably like s- sit there with your legs hanging down off of the ivory tower, and then ho- hold the, you know, buck up between your knees, <laughs> kind of something like that. <laughs> there you go. Oh man, no, that's that's awesome, and uh, definitely some ugly sides of it. Poison ivy, skeeters, and Jake mentioned the one that I hate the most: heat. To me, I say it all the time. I love to say it to people that I know that that they're kind of like the the life's a beach type people, you know, where where they want to be by the lake, they want to be the you know they live for the 90 degree days. I tell them, perfect weather for me is sunny with a high of 45. <laughs> Actually, more like cloudy with a high of 45, <laughs> but <laughs> with a good with a good uh, stiff breeze, you know, the fangs of old man winter just like sinking into you. <laughs> Uh, that's a that's a good day for me. The heat, I hate the heat. Just uh, the sweating, and uh, you know you 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 start out walking, and you gotta have you know long sleeves on because you gotta stay camouflaged and everything, and plus the mosquitoes and and uh, anything anything else that's out to get you. But uh, I start sweating like immediately, and I just hate that soggy, boggy feeling, you know, all the way in, and then. You're sitting down and you're like man i probably smell horrible the deer smell me and everything i didn't put on enough there's not enough nose jammer in the world to cover this up <laughs> you know the 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 heat is the thing to me that is the ugly side of hunting october and uh but beyond that you know it's well we've, we've talked about that i think even on your podcast before the deer like when it gets super mm. hot like that that's yes. where that's where this myth of october lull comes from like this is one of the best points I've ever heard. I shouldn't say myth, but like the deer are in transition of getting their winter coats yep. from their summer coats. I saw one deer last week that's still a little red, mm-hmm. and I, he was the exception. And mm-hmm. So they're getting their summer coat or their winter coats on, and, and uh, but it's still like if you're hot, they're hot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so well, they're not going to move. And that when they that, have to. and that winter coat keeps them alive when it's 20 below zero and they're yeah. bedding in snow. That's right. But you get some, like last night it got in low 40s and the night mm-hmm. before it was the high 30s. Yeah, that's Low 30s. So, I mean, they're starting to get it. But then it bumps up to 80 during the day and you're like, 
Dang, man. <laughs> I don't think Iowa's the only place, but you can get all four seasons in one day. That's right. So, anyway, that's that's kind of the frustrating part. You really That's why these cool fronts are so powerful. Yeah, yeah, and, I agree. Uh, and mornings can be really good then because they're hanging out in those fields, crop fields a little longer before they're coming back mm-hmm. to bed. And so if you can beat them, then hunt, you know. Yeah. But it's about to get time, like, within the next six, seven days, everybody's going to say the rut's wide open, but you're going to see the two- and three-year-olds doing their mm-hmm. thing. And um, within the next ten days, though, I ought to start getting fun. Yeah. Really fun. Yep. One ugly part is we're, we've not had rain in forever, and down here anyway, it's scheduled to rain like four days next week, something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah got east winds for the next two because that's what happens here in iowa before rain as you get Mm. east wind and Mm -hmm. uh deer don't seem to move quite as good in my observation but uh well you know it's so yeah yeah you you know east wind is just so rare too you know that that you say that you say that deer don't move much i want you know this is just me speculating but probably makes them feel a little uncomfortable you know it's not they're not used to using the wind in that way to i mean deer are security's number one to a deer <laughs> you know through time there's been a lot of things trying to eat deer <laughs> yeah. they're the they're the uh they're the uh one who doesn't get the stunt double on uh national geographic you know they're the they're the they're like the the same the same class as the little gazelle getting taken down by the leopard you know <laughs> they, they uh they prioritize that security so i think when something is just not quite normal they they figure it's best to stay hidden a little bit longer but but yeah it's uh it's a unique time of year to hunt there's good there's bad and there's ugly and uh you know kind of as we close this one out here as noel's talking about things are heating up here over the next week and then uh the good old rut where everything kind of goes out the window right and uh um you know if you got good doe bedding on your farm it can be the best time of the year and even if you don't, if you've got some good transitional areas where bucks are going to be seeking and, you know, just kind of trying to run along some form of security to get to the next doe bedding area can really be a time to capitalize and start seeing bucks you didn't even know existed. And uh, probably ones that uh, never made it onto your trail camera. And uh, you might see some of the ones that you did have on your trail camera that you had your heart set on go over to your neighbors <laughs> a couple yep. miles away even. But uh it's it's about to get real interesting here folks we hope as you uh continue to hunt this unique month that you don't forget the most part the most important part of it which is just getting out that's right cutting loose a little bit not thinking about work not thinking about the other stresses that that are there and still in our modern age even with our modern technology sitting there in the tree stand with us we can still enjoy something so primal and uh natural to our uh very instincts and and native to our species right uh which is uh getting out there and getting our groceries the old-fashioned way and so uh, make sure you're enjoying that side of it play it up romanticize it name big bucks use classic names for big bucks like we did at the beginning of this episode <laughs> get yourself a swamp donkey burger and dream about <laughs> dream about uh uh, a buck named Doofus or Wacky or Brutus or whatever. But get out there and hunt those best days. And if the best days are just only the days you have vacation for and you got to work all the rest, well, then get out there and hunt those days because you never know what can happen. And so uh, 
close out October well. And I uh, want to say a big thank you to Noel for coming on the show. Remember to check him out on Instagram. I'll leave that link uh, in the show notes along with his link to uh, his uh, real estate page. If you are looking at buying or selling in the Iowa area, get a hold of Noel and he can help you out. I'd be happy to. Appreciate it. Just, just uh, be patient, though, during this time of year. He's got, he's got <laughs> other important things to attend to. But, uh, <laughs> but, no, make sure you look him up and, of course, Follow Buck Ventures and Buck Ventures the Woodsman. Get on to uh, My Outdoor TV where you can watch all of those episodes. You can even go back and watch the old ones that Noel is in. And uh, Charlie, as we heard, is going to be starring this year. And uh, you can uh, see see what Doofus is all about. And uh, he did a really good job describing what that buck looks like. But I'm telling you, folks, you'll see it. And it'll be a whole lot worse than what you're envisioning in your head. That is one goofy-looking buck. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's, uh, it's a great story, great time here with great people. And uh, when you're all done checking all their stuff out, make sure you head over to firstgenhunter.com. You can uh, see all the articles there. There's a lot of good tips for hunting this time of year. I haven't had as much time to write articles recently, but... Um, there's been some on there that have been really popular, uh, and I, th- I think it's because they, they can be really helpful to you. You know, if you uh, check them out and, and you're new to hunting, I think they'll be a, be a good resource for you. Make sure you look me up on social media as well. And don't forget about our good buddy Brandon and our good buddy Alex. So head over to thehuntfishlife.com, check them out, and go to alexgruen.com and link up with Alex at East to West Hunts. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Noel. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, Charlie. And to all of you listening in, until next time, take care and take someone hunting.